Mini episode 1370 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here. Original FDH Lounge dignitary, that is, along with a fellow original, Chris Galloway. And we are breaking down the NFL division by division we're going through here. And uh, this segment is on the NFC North in 2021. And uh, as we're going through and taking a look, uh, each division, we're limiting it just to the teams in that division, with the exception of in the AFC East, the first part of our series. If you want to hear our overall thoughts on the season, if you're catching this mini-episode in isolation and you want our overall thoughts for the year, go back to the first one, one we did on the AFC East. That takes up probably about a, the first half of the podcast there. Uh, for each team going through here, the baseline that I'm laying down uh, comes from Fantasy Football Draftology 2021, available on the main page at fantasydrafthelp.com and the fdhlounge.com, our fantasy football and non-fantasy uh, guide for this season. And I have a feature in there, one run-on sentence for each team. And uh, so here are my four run-on sentences in the NFC North, and then we'll talk about the specific teams. And this is the predicted order of finish that I have for them. Of course, the first one is... Green Bay, now that they have Aaron Rodgers back. For Green Bay, I have, with dilapidated offensive and defensive lines, to say nothing of thinness at wide receiver and linebacker, the degree to which this franchise is propped up by Aaron Rodgers should become clear even to the clueless and unappreciative management by season's end. Minnesota, the defensive talent ain't what it used to be, and the offensive line is deteriorating, leaving the offensive skill positions to try to carry the Vikes to the playoffs. Chicago, a team that hasn't had enough wide-receiving talent seemingly all the way back to the days of George Hallis now has more holes than usual defensively, presenting major problems for whoever lines up under center. Detroit, a toxic waste dump on defense and a pathetic wide-receiving core will doom new quarterback Jared Goff even before he gets started. So those are my thoughts there, Chris, and uh, I'm sure yours, uh, from what I know of your thoughts on this, don't differ much from mine. You have, and I have the same order in the NFC North. Okay. Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit. All right. Exactly the same order. Kind of a chalk order. I have Green Bay. Um, listen, and I've said it for years, Aaron Rodgers has been the ultimate Band-Aid on that roster mm-hmm. his entire career. You know I have famously said for years when you looked at that roster, I didn't think there was a lot of difference between that roster and Cleveland Browns other than Aaron Rodgers. Sure. And actually, a few years ago, that was proven out when the <laughs> year Aaron got hurt and the Green Bay came to Cleveland and Deshaun Kaiser was starting for the Browns and those two teams battled to the end with Green Bay narrowly winning. The 0-16 and, Browns if you need them. 
Yeah, well, and Green Bay winning, I mean, like, what, by three? I mean, it was so close. Right. And and it looked like the Browns actually were going to win that game, but then they did, you know, they, they collapsed. Yep. That absolutely proves my point, that without Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, has, that roster has always been basically the Cleveland Browns. Right. Now, and I say that pre-last year, this year, Cleveland Browns. Right. So... And I think again this year, um, Aaron Rodgers, to what you what you what you outlined in your run on sentence, mm-hmm. um, he does it again. Yep, they're going to be. I have them as the number one seed. Wow. Um, the, they're going to win the division. They're going to win, you know, thirteen games, and they are going to be the number one seed in the NFC with a, a, a roster that that. That without Aaron Rodgers would be lucky to win six or seven games at best. So that's how I see it playing out. Minnesota, to what you've said, I actually think Minnesota's upgraded their defense some this year. Okay. Um, you know, they drafted an, um, uh, a couple O linemen um, early and late. Um, so they're trying to address some of those issues. They've got Dalvin Cook, they can run the football. Cousins can sling it. I see them rebounding a little bit on over what they did last year, but not enough to overtake the Packers. And to, I have them coming up just shy of actually making the playoffs, probably on a tie break okay. uh, to, to Seattle. So Chicago, I also have them in third. Um, it's going to be Andy Dalton for the first four or five, six weeks. I'm telling you. I know Chicago fans are like, give us fields, you know. But <laughs> if you look at Andy Dalton's season last year, and you take out the fact that he had a concussion and then COVID and had new offense and a new team, and oh, dear God, his head coach was Mike McCarthy. You, you break all that out, and you look at his last seven games of the year, Dallas went 4-3 and three with him. Right. He had a 67% completion rate. He was not bad, man. He, he was like 12 touchdowns. You know, four interceptions. He had a good QB rating around 95. I mean, he was solid once he got over the early season injury and COVID and, you know, and then the Mike McCarthy limitations. Right. You know, he wasn't bad. And I think that's why he's going to start. Is Justin Fields the future for them? Obviously. But you're Matt Nagy right now. You need a quarterback who's, you know, can win right now. And I don't think Justin Fields is that guy. I think, you know, it's probably going to be Andy Dalton until, until at least they're, uh, till they're by mm-hmm. and, and see how they do. Um, to your point, though, they, you know, they've, they've got some problems on defense. As great as he is, Khalil Mack is still not, you know, he's not carrying that unit the way um, I think some of the hype um, makes people think he is. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so I have them sort of, you know, you know that they, the old sort of eight and eight type of, you know, I know we can't do eight and eight anymore, right? It sucks right. that we can't have the five hundred. So I'm going to say the Bears go eight, eight and one. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you get there. <laughs> and then um, Detroit, boy, Detroit, that roster. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for Campbell. Uh, you know, you know, I like liked him as yes. a coach. I know. I, I was a Dan Campbell fan. Um, 
Uh, I wanted, uh, you know, I, I wanted the Browns to interview him and to take a hard look at him. Mr. Smedium uh, T-shirt. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think that he was a guy that um, might have instilled some discipline when the Browns were a dumpster fire. Right. Um, that, that never happened, whatever. Right. Um, we moved on. But I, I think for a team Detroit, I think Campbell's the right guy at the right time for that team. You know, they don't have a lot of talent. They're not going to be good. They're going to have a lot of they're going to have a lot of long weeks, right? Of uh, of of trudging through a dreadful season, right? And and I think you need a sort of a tough, strong guy like that to sort of you know get those men to be men. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, is he going to end up working long term? Um, probably not. I mean, you know, of course, in football anymore, does anybody work long term? Right. Um, you know, it, that's so rare anymore. Right. Um, but I think right now, I think he's the right guy to put in charge of that dumpster fire and 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 let him try. Sure. And, uh, you know, again, they just don't have talent. They just don't have depth. Uh, and, and they're going to lose a lot of football games this year. And they're going to be in that competition to have the number one, number two pick in, in the draft next year. And and I, you know, and I think I mentioned to you off the air a few months ago. I you know, I already could see Sam Howell ending up in Detroit. Um, yeah, you know, because they're going to need a quarterback. Because I think Jared Goff, after this year and the beating he's about to take, is going to be a broken man. I agree. They're going to ruin him. <laughs> it's already done, dude. Yeah, and, and I'm saying this to you, the Goff fan. Yeah, he's he's listen. Say goodbye. Say your goodbyes. He's already he's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's walking dead. He just doesn't even know it. Yeah, I, I am a Jared Goff truther, a Jared Goff dead ender, and uh, yeah, no, even I have to admit what's in for him. But I will say this though: in terms of talking about any of our personal favorites here, you can't be having a real good feeling about Matt Campbell, and I'll tell you why. This has a little bit of a ring. I, I'm fond of weird analogies, and here I go again. This has a little bit of a ring of Mike Hargrove to it, of the jobs that he took later in his career, of like when you get into a situation that's not a good situation, but has not yet hit rock bottom, you're generally not the guy that's there when they get it turned around. You, you might want to be the guy that comes in two years from now, but to think that now, again, if, if they get the quarterback they're looking for next year and they can miraculously start taking steps forward, I could see that working out. But you got to admit, the timing of this thing here, the trajectory of it, you can't like his odds because it is going to get worse before it gets better. And few coaches, when that happens, are around when it gets better. No, I agree. I mean, Dan Campbell took the job because he wasn't getting a lot of opportunities. Right. You know, he took that interim gig that season, what was that, probably what, seven years ago with the Dolphins? Right, something like he that. Took over, when he took over mid-year, and that was a lousy team, and, you know, I don't know. He had them competitive and tough, dude. Right. I I, I watched that and I was impressed. Um, he just wasn't getting a lot of calls. So I understand why you're him and you say you know you know the odds are stacked against you. Right. But you've just got to you've got to take those opportunities when they're there. There's 32 jobs. I agree. And and so he you know he's he went for it and it is an uphill climb for him. Yeah. To your point, I hope Detroit gives him, you know, a five years if they draft, a, you know, a Sam Howell or somebody next mm-hmm. year. 
they give him an opportunity because they have to know that they are setting him up with just to fail to the tune of, you know, at best four wins, probably three, three or two wins, you know, and that's it. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I, I don't know what Vegas has the over under on, but you know, it's got to be around three and a half. Um, so, you know, I think that they, they've got to have some patience with and what, they, what what are they looking for in Detroit, right? I mean, if you're ownership, is that team playing hard despite not having enough talent? Right. Um, is the coaching staff organized, meaning they're not losing games because of failures of coaching? Right. If they're only losing games because they don't have depth or talent at key positions. Um that you can you can deal with, you know. What you don't ever want is what the Browns had with Hugh Jackson, where you're losing games because of coaching incompetence. Right. And you can see it. You know, a team that went zero and sixteen. You and I have frequently talked about that team should have won at least five or six games. Sure. There was enough talent on that team sure. that they should have gone six and ten. Sure. But instead, they went zero and sixteen, and that was a function of incompetent coaching. Yeah. So that's if you're ownership in Detroit, that's what you want to see. You know, you want to see well organized, um, motivated uh, team despite the losses, um, and and coaches making the right decisions um, despite the lack of talent. Um, and then you're going to feel good about it going into the offseason, saying, okay, we've got another bite of the apple. We'll get another quarterback. We'll get some more depth, and and we'll keep you know and we'll keep building this the right way. Um, that's the that's the only way forward. Yeah, and that's the only rational way to look at it uh, with as big of a sinkhole as that franchise is in right now. I actually have them set for four wins, four and 13. I have the Bears at seven and 10, Minnesota at eight and nine, so I'm a little bit more bearish on them than you are. And I'm definitely more bearish on Green Bay than you are. I only have Green Bay at 10 and seven. So uh, keeping in mind that I got them going probably about, eh, you know, five and one in that, uh, you know, not so great division. I only really see them as about a 500 team outside the division. I think we're at a point this year where Aaron Rodgers being there, it's not going to be enough in a lot of these games here. I think it's getting harder and harder to camouflage what's around him. We maybe take it for granted based on what happened last year, but I look at the trenches. Uh, and not to go to the cliche about games are won and lost in the trenches because that's oversimplification. But they are really, not to put too fine a point on it, really uh, not that good of a team in a lot of areas outside of Aaron Rodgers. And I see that catching up to them a little bit this year. Well, they're not um, that good outside of Aaron Rodgers, uh, but they have Aaron Rodgers. And I think that this is going to be the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. Mm -hmm. I I think he's going to be on a tear, and I think his teammates are going to play their asses off because they know that this is the end of it. This is their last chance to get to a Super Bowl with him. They right. know it. Right. They know he's gone after this year, and they're staring into the abyss. And I think that's going to be – I don't disagree with anything you just said about that team on those two lines. But I think that the motivation of those players that if we don't get it done now, we may never have a chance at a Super Bowl in our careers – because this guy's going to be in Denver next year. Right. And so we better damn well find a way to do whatever we got to do to excel and try to win a Super Bowl now. And I think Rodgers is going to come out and try to have, 
you know, another MVP, best year of his, you know, best career year of his of his entire life, just to stick it in the eye of management. You know how Rodgers is wired, right? Yeah. He wants to be all world this year and then to say to them and fuck you on the way out the door. I could see that. And and, and he wants them to know badly how much they screwed up and how much they're going to miss him. It's the, you know, it's the classic, you know, the girlfriend, you know, breaks up with you and she goes and loses 20 pounds and, right. you know, and she's got all the bikini pics on Instagram, you know, right. That's going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's going to want Green Bay to know how badly they screwed up. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what this year is going to be. And that's why I have them as the number one seed, even though in so many ways it doesn't make sense. What you say makes sense, right? Right. But sometimes that's just not how it works. And and I think that that's going to be Green Bay this year. Now, I don't have them going to the Super Bowl, spoiler alert. Okay. So in typical LaFleur fashion, they're going to come up short. Well, in looking at this here, uh, and again, I go back to our, our first uh, segment here. I'm not going to get into specifically what we said on the AFC East. You'll have to go listen. But in that segment, we were talking about the league as a whole. Uh, we referenced the concept of federalism. You have now referenced uh, the whole notion of the revenge body as popularized in pop culture. So, I mean, for anybody that doubts the width and the breadth of this show, Chris Galloway, from federalism to the revenge body, we go everywhere, man. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to be the hot chick that got away. Sorry, Green Bay. This is your last run, and then you're Jordan Love for a couple of dismal years until you're back in the you're back in the lottery, trying to you know at the top of the draft, trying to find the new quarterback. Yeah, I would agree with that. And in in looking at it here, I I know again you're not picking Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl. I think it's highly unlikely that they would. Uh, if, if they make the playoffs. Not impossible, but I'll say highly unlikely. Uh, w- would you say highly unlikely or just unlikely? I just think unlikely. Okay. I don't think they're getting there. I do have them as a number one team, which sets them up to possibly be uh, on their way to L.A. for the Super Bowl. Um, and I have them getting to the NFC Championship game, and I have them losing at home. All right, so somewhere between, if you're looking at us, somewhere between highly unlikely and unlikely, which I understand is the same odds of uh, Donald Trump being able to get the Taliban to post something on Twitter for him. So that is the equivalent uh, notion here of the Packers reaching the Super Bowl as we look at this. So (laughs) next up, we are going to have the uh, NFC South. So thank you, Chris Galloway. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this mini episode of the FDH Lounge.